Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I am Mike Masnick. I know that many of you have been listening since the very first episode, and thank you for that. But what you may not know is that even if you listened to our very first episode, that was not actually the first time that we recorded a podcast. Somewhere back around the year 2000 or so, I think, I forget, current podcast co-host Dennis Yang and I, along with another friend, actually recorded a podcast, though it was actually before the word podcast existed. Back then, we just called it an online radio show, and in our case, we named ours with the terrible name Tech Dirty To Me, (laughs) which we would not consider for this podcast. Uh, We have lost all copies of that recording, though they may be buried in a box in a closet somewhere. But the larger point here is that there is very little that is particularly original. Even things that become big often were thought of much earlier in different formats and didn't necessarily catch on, like our, our original podcast or radio show. Things come and go and... Different people try different versions of the same old thing, and sometimes they click and sometimes they don't, but it's rarely for the reasons that people think about. In society today, we have this unfortunate infatuation with the power of the idea, and with it the sense that ideas should be put up on a pedestal and respected and protected. But many people who have actually built successful products and businesses know that an idea is only the starting point and a very small part of the starting point at that. It is the execution that matters. And because of that, copying the idea is often kind of meaningless. Yet people often freak out about the idea of copying the idea. They hold on to trade secrets, they get patents, they uh, mock and attack copycats, and yet the impact of copying is both little understood and often feared for no good reason. First off, True copying is not as easy as people believe. It's often easy to copy just the superficial aspects of the idea, but very, very difficult to copy the underlying execution and understanding that makes an idea work. I'm reminded of the famous story of the Numi car plant down the road in Fremont, California. The history of that plant is fascinating and the subject of multiple books and case studies. Uh, The factory that is now owned by Tesla... Uh, It became famous after it was actually shut down as GM's worst performing auto plant in the early 1980s, only to reopen with the very same employees just a couple years later, but run by Toyota to build both Toyota and GM cars. The Toyota management team retrained the former GM employees in a completely different manner of making cars, empowering them to make decisions and to actually improve things in the plant. It also took many of them to Japan for an intensive training program. While there are many lessons to be learned from this turnaround, one of the most fascinating things was the wrong lessons that many took from it. There's a story of how GM management was so impressed by this turnaround that it sent consultants out to the Numi plant to learn why it was doing so well. Rather than truly understand what happened, they simply photographed and measured every last detail of the plant in order to build an exact replica somewhere else. 
Not surprisingly, the replica plant did not perform nearly as well as the Numi plant, and the GM management was stumped as to why that was, because they had copied everything exactly. That's a perfect example of copying the superficial, the building and the structure that people can see, but not the intrinsic things that make it work. They didn't understand that it was the culture and the training and the other aspects that made the Nui plant function. Similarly, for companies that fear being copied, they often underestimate this factor themselves. They worry about big companies like Google or Microsoft or Apple eating into their business and copying it. And sometimes it may be a legitimate concern, but those companies often aren't able to build up the same kind of support the, the big companies are not able to build up the same kind of support for their efforts as the company that is focused exclusively on building a great service. So for this week's product, let's talk about copying, whether it's really something to be worried about in the tech industry or if people need to realize that it's not really that big of a deal. Once again, this week, we've got Dennis Yang and Hirsch ready to discuss. Dennis, since you were here when we <laughs> did that very first TechTurt radio show, let's start with you. Do you think companies overreact to the threat of being copied? I mean, I, th I think, you know, I think yes and no. I think, um, I mean, I am going to play a little bit of counterpoint here. Go for it. I think people have this kind of really kind of you know, visceral reaction to someone when, when it feels like someone's stolen your idea. Sure. Right? And I think that that is maybe the knee-jerk reaction when people are are, you know, either, either feel like someone has, else has done something that they've thought of. And I can remember, you know, back in, in grade school when, you know, you thought of something really cool and someone else did the same exact thing and it felt really, really bad, right? But at the same time, I think that if you look at the overall success of a company, like, there are a lot of things that come into play. And I think that, you know, you've kind of mentioned execution. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that's really critical is timing. And, sure. and I would actually say that timing, a lot of people kind of chalk up to luck, Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to an idea, it's not a lot of times it's not just the idea itself, but also the understanding and the insight right. that the timing is right. And, and I idea. think that's that's getting to the point of the intrinsic understanding, right? That's the stuff that yeah. is not, you know, you can't copy the the ecosystem that makes it possible for some of these ideas right. to succeed. And I think that that's that you know I I would say maybe I would agree with you in saying the overvalue that gets placed on the idea itself. And I would say you, that misses the, the real nut of, of what an idea is. It's like, this idea is good, and it's the right time to do it, and we have the right, we we have the right people it, to do we it. We do it in the right, right way. And I think that, that that really you know is the core of how, like how, if you look, at back, look back at the successful companies, it wasn't just the idea. It wasn't even just the execution. It was the idea and the execution and the timing. Right. So, so if the market is really ready for this kind of solution, then, right. you know, then it could catch on. And that's why we see things today that are catching on that people tried 15 yeah. years ago and, and wasn't successful because other elements of the ecosystem, it wasn't that the idea was bad. Right. Right. I mean, we did a podcast not too long ago about the gig economy and we talked about, you know, like Cosmo as the, yeah. you know, this thing that was there 15 years ago right. and didn't catch on, but that was because there were a whole bunch of other Issues. It wasn't that the idea was necessarily bad. Right. Like, you know, Cosmo, Webvan, Peapod, all the first generation kind of delivery food ideas. And now we have, you know, successful versions of those and Instacarts and, you know, Caviar and, you know, Postmates, et cetera. Right. So, so I think, and I think that, you know, partly is execution, but the, the idea is important. It's as, as a spark. Sure. But the insight 
you know, as to how to execute maybe is, is equally important. Um, and, and I, and I think, you know, one element of that, which I agree with you is to, to some extent is, is that understanding of the market. And I think that maybe that's the element that people un- underestimate the most, right? So yeah. it's not, not even so much that the timing is right, but understanding that the timing is right and understanding that the market actually is ready for the kinds of, of offering that you're, you're providing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's, I've gotten into frustrating conversations with people where they'll take a look at, you know, an internet business or, you know, kind of be little a dot-com business and mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, that's so easy. Like, what, why is that even a thing? Why doesn't someone else just come along and do that? Right. So, and I think that there's, you know, or, you know, I think that that's. But, but people have done that forever. I mean, Amazon, well, it's just selling books online. Yeah. Right? Anyway, eBay, anyone can do that. Right. eBay is just, you know, connecting me. Anyone can do that. Right. But, you know, those were the guys who did it. And, right. and it caught on. Because the idea seems, it feels so simple. Right? Right. So that's kind of the opposite side of someone stealing your idea, which feels really hard and, and hurtful. But then the, op- the other side of it is when you see someone else's idea that you didn't think of and it all of a sudden feels so simple and stupid. You're like, ah, like, that's not that special. Right. right. Why are they worth $50 billion? Right. <laughs> I hate being the patent lawyer and bringing up this point. Go but, for it. But um, That's why we have you here. <laughs> I'm usually on the opposite side of what I'm about to say, but, but you, you, I think you guys need to draw a distinction between sort of the kind of idea that's kind of your, like your snap idea, like, hey, let's uh, deliver food by taking orders on the internet and deploying a van or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Versus the kind of um, ideas that come from iteration and some expenditure of effort and some, some capital perhaps even, right? There's some things that are very easy to copy that might have taken a long time to develop, right? And that's your classic excuse for a, a patent, right? Something like, uh, 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 what's an idea? Like the using a very particular formulation of, uh, of, of compounds to fight some infection or something like that, right? Okay. Like you have to iterate through thousands of them. And then, yeah. so there's, there's those kinds of ideas too. And I think it's, it's important to sort of draw the distinction because some things that on first blush look very much like the former, the easy kind of idea, might actually, in retrospect, when you look at the, all the kinds of things that people look, you know, went through, might turn out to be actually the latter kind, the very difficult kind of idea, right? So um, I, I, I don't want to say that business plans are always that way, but a lot of times the, the business model that somebody comes up with is a product of of lots of sort of failed false Absolutely. starts in many yep. different directions. Now, that isn't to say that I think that deserves protection mm-hmm. and, sh- and, and you shouldn't be able to clone that. Um, but, you but know, so it's, just some, it's something to consider. But here's, right? so here's my argument there. And, and this is different, right? I mean, so the case that if you're talking about like a, a compound for a drug, that's, that's very, very different because you can copy the exact thing and the, the result is the exact same thing. But, but, you know, the fact is most people who have gone through a, a business knows that, you know, building a, a startup type kind of business, um, you know, especially one that's been successful, is that the original idea and the plan that you have is almost never what that business actually becomes because the, soon, the second the idea hits reality, you know, the oxygen of reality, it changes because the market reacts and says, no, you know what, we don't want this, but we kind of like that thing. And then everyone focuses, you know, then you sort of focus in and you learn. And you know, and you iterate and you change, which is exactly the point that you made. But the what I'll say from that is that even in doing that, in going through that process of changing and iterating and learning and seeing what the market says and what they rea- react to, that is part of the intrinsic knowledge that the company has that they understand why their product is successful, 
that anyone who just comes along and says, oh, you know, that, you know, startup, that hot startup, you know, they're not doing anything special. But, you know, and I could just copy it. But the fact is, in getting to that point where that startup became hot, they learned so much about the market and what it wanted and what it reacted to that even if you just copied the product itself, you don't have that intrinsic knowledge and you miss the little things. You know, and, and who knows what it is? Is it the little design elements? Is it the little tiny feature that nobody talks about that just... The very particular way of dealing with your customers. Right. Whatever it, it is. It could yeah. be any one of those things that makes it so, that, makes it so powerful and makes it you know, sort of viral and, and catches on. And it's those points that almost nobody ever pays attention to. And so, like, you know... I mean, we can use real examples. We, you know, yeah. we can use theoretical ones, but like people always talk about, like right now I keep hearing a lot of people talk about Slack, right? I mean, Slack yeah. is this chat app that lots of people are using, mm -hmm. and there are a number of competitors out there, many of whom were in the market before Slack existed. And yet, like Slack is running away with that market. And it's it boggles my mind to be honest. Okay, we, we so, use Slack in my company. Yeah, and, and and so and we use it at Tectorate and 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 I'm in like a few other Slack chats also that I've been invited to like different like groups and networks and things like that. And it's just become like the de facto thing. But there are other products like it. Yep. And there are other products that are coming on the market that are trying to copy it. And I've heard lots of people who are just like, it boggles the mind. And why, why Slack? Why did Slack catch so what, on? So yeah, why, why, why do you think Slack has caught on? There, there are little things about it mm -hmm. that I, I don't know which ones, but that just make it really easy and really convenient. Persistent chat rooms. And but, I mean, there were persistent yeah, chat rooms before. Yeah, yeah. We've had persistent chat rooms at Tector for right. years. Right. I mean, for right, at so. Tector, we used a number of different things, but we have we have our own internal one that we built. Yep. And that Dennis, you built, I think. Yeah. And we have and we use Skype as yep. persistent chat rooms for a long time. Right. But was it wasn't searchable? It, it was okay searchable, right? It was okay searchable. But even with with Slack, we don't even care about the searchability. But the yeah. the integration. With other stuff, like we've now integrated Slack into the workflow of when people edit stories and submit stories, they oh, cool. pop up in, a Slack, in the Slack chat. And that actually yeah. really helps with the workflow. And they're just little, little features that right. make it feel comfortable and useful in a way that yeah. goes beyond just like, well, it's just chat. It's just persistent chat. What's the big deal? And I think that you know, if, you're, if you're the product manager of like HipChat, you sure. Be like, hey, what, why don't we add integrations? You know, why, we could do that. Right, and they yeah. did. Right, yeah. and and HipChat is there. HipChat did not have integrations before Slack did. I don't. I don't know. If I, I don't, think I mean, they did uh, actually. But they might have. Yeah. But it, we again, used it a long time ago, and uh, you know, it was a great chat client. Was is HipChat from Atlassian? They were yeah. bought by Atlassian. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, again, like, but this is part of the point is that like I don't know that anyone could pin down why. But I think there are little things in there. It's also, I mean, it, it's a great example of what you're talking about because if you look at Atlassian, mm -hmm. that is not a company that stumbles on trying to discover what customers want. They have executed time and time again sure. on s exactly these kinds of products in other spaces and yeah, done it sure. amazingly well, right? Mm -hmm. well, and even, and mean, the fact that they could not nail this, this even though they bought This is their wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that uh, somebody else came in. Who well, and, probably, and are, what's the background of these guys that are building? I mean, it was uh, Stuart Butterfield. Stuart, Stuart, yeah. From Flickr. 
Um, so he, it's not even like this is his third chat app. This is like his first no. chat app. Yeah, but it, it is his, his next iteration of trying to build a game and, and right, yeah, an amazing right, right. company. Which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I mean, even Atlassian, right? I mean, like when Atlassian first came on the market, they were kind of a copy of another company, which I'm even blanking on because I don't even think they exist anymore. But I actually thought they were behind, you know, because I'm like, oh, they're just kind of copying. Other. And then, you know, Atlassian took off and, and the other company went nowhere. Um, and... and you know, I, I sometimes I think it's you know, it's not the you know it's not the overt idea, right? It's not persistent chat. Like that's not the powerful thing about Slack, right? It's there. It's that combined with all of these little things that just make it worthwhile and push it over the edge. And I think there's so much of that. And again, like the other example that comes up a lot is is Uber, right? You know, what's so special about Uber? It's just, you know, delivering cars to people and, and organizing that. And I prefer Lyft. Or, or Lyft, right? So, <laughs> I mean, either one of those. But, you know, again, like, or Airbnb, right? You mm-hmm. know, what, what's so special about it? And, and, and people make this argument all the time. And I, I think that, I mean, in, in the case of Airbnb and Uber um, and even, even Lyft, in, Lyft in that case, I think what people fail to understand is that building the product is only half half of it, right? It's mm-hmm. like the, the idea is only, I mean, the idea plus the product itself, it's, it's a small part of building a successful company. And I think that there's, you know, as, as a product manager, I, I, like, I would like to think that you build an amazing product and people will come. But, you know, Uber and Airbnb are very good at their user acquisition, right? And, and that's the kind of stuff that you don't see as but a Slack, customer but Slack, behind you, the scenes, right? So Slack is the exact opposite of that, right? They didn't even do any customer acquisition. Just, I, I mean, they, they just, built a, word of an inherently viral product, right? Which, as a user acquisition strategy, is amazing. Yeah. And, and the fact that you have Slack channels that you can invite people outside of your company, oh, okay, right? It. And invite people to these Slacks that are not just company-focused, to, you know, talk. I'm, I was invited to like a you know, product management Slack where people just talk about product management stuff all the time. Like they, I don't know if they intentionally, maybe it feels, hopefully they intentionally did it, but they thought about user, and I think more and more thought now is being put into user acquisition. People are calling it growth hacking or whatnot. Like mm-hmm. that part of building a business is as important as building the product itself and, and having the idea and having the insight of the right timing, right? So without, and I think more and more people as they start to look at businesses, asking the question of how, you, you know, you build a great product, you have a great idea, how are you actually gonna get customers? I think is, is what, you know, a lot of these, a lot, a lot of people on the outside looking in on, on companies just coming out of nowhere, just like, oh, it feels like they just magically acquired customers, but I don't, you know, it, that's not the case anymore, so. Yeah, no, I, I think it's an interesting challenge. Um, but again, I mean, to some extent, it, the whole growth hacking thing, to some extent, goes Can back. We just to, call it sales, by the way. Yeah, it's marketing. 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 It used to be called marketing. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, you know, but to some extent, like real marketing, and this is just, a, I'm the business guy yeah. here, right? I'm the MBA. Well, you, so. you had a marketer title at one point, didn't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. very briefly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I did. And. and <laughs> And, and, you know, I mean, I have the MBA, so I'm, you know, yeah. evil that way. But, like, you know, one of the things that I actually did learn in, in MBA school, mm-hmm. um, you know, was that marketing, I mean, marketing has a bad rap, right, which is basically this idea that, you know, you're trying to 
trick people into right. wanting to buy something that they don't really need or want, right? And certainly a lot of marketing is that. But, you know, one of the first things that I learned in my marketing 101 class was, you know, real marketing is supposed to be about understanding the market right. and figuring out how to fill a need for what that market wants, which gets back to the point that you were making at the very beginning, Dennis, yep. which is understanding that market and the timing so that you can get this product in, to that market in a way that they really want it, yep. right? And so, yeah, it, it absolutely think, right, is the, marketing. And the best products have that understanding of the market mm -hmm. built into the product itself. So it's, no, it's not a matter of building a product, you're done with this amazing product, and you throw it over to the marketing team them to market it right right and i think that that's kind of the, the key part of that insight in the idea it's not uber is a great idea right mm -hmm. everyone wants to get trans like transport if you want to call it transportation we had i mean we actually talked about this before sure transportation is a great product right that's not the idea the idea is now okay now what is available technology wise as a, from a platform like and and how do we actually acquire and build these you know essentially is sharing and growth loops into the product itself, right. which I think is, are super insightful, right? Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's interesting. And, and th as we were having this conversation, it reminded me of this, um, of a blog post from, let me see, from 2009, so it's from six years ago. Um, <laughs> but that uh, this guy, Derek Sivers, he, was the, he mm -hmm. founded CD Baby. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. And, is this uh, the, the concert? Post. No, no, it's oh. a different one. He he has a couple of like you know <laughs> key posts. That it's funny as I was I was typing that in. That's the first suggestion that came up. But okay. this is this is another post. This is that's a good one. Though. Yeah, this is uh, ideas are just a multiplier of execution, and so he argues that you know not that ideas aren't important in all of this, but that no, they, ideas they, are really important. Yeah. That that they that, but that. The way he puts it, he has a whole listing. I can't go through the whole thing, but he basically yeah. says, if you have an awful idea, that's going to be a negative multiplier. It's going to hurt. You're never going to succeed no matter yeah. what. You right? can execute on an awful idea. But, but if, you, <laughs> if you have, like, you know, there, it has, like, weak ideas, so-so ideas, good ideas, great ideas, brilliant ideas, and he basically, you know, they're yeah. weighted, right? So the better idea, the more valuable the execution is going to be. But then he has the list of, you know, no execution, which is, you know, worth nothing, basically. Weak execution, so-so execution. Does he have examples good. of... of uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't want to scroll down as we talk because it's not great good, idea, good podcasting. Bad execution, okay idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, if we, we're really focused on tech, but I think some of the best um, best examples of great execution are like in like like consumer like uh, beverages and things like that, mm -hmm. right? Like like Red Bull coming out of nowhere and just creating the energy drink market, right? Like. Uh, like the uh, and then after them the five hour energy guys which who seem to just be Red Bull in a smaller bottle right <laughs> essentially <laughs> and <laughs> and better better um, product placement in terms of yeah. right next to the register yeah exactly and that was the key thing there right and those are ideas there but like we don't know all the execution that went sure. behind actually getting that stuff there right and, and uh, well and but and so that brings up another point that I wanted to make um, about the the whole copying aspect which is that. You know, people again fear it, and I understand why. Like, if you know, if you're the company that's being copied, like you dislike that and fear that. But you know, that's that's part of the way the world innovates, right? Is that if somebody sees a good idea and they think they can do a better job of it, if they can execute better, then you have you know the five-hour energy guys coming in, taking the Red Bull concept, and you know, we can argue whether better or not, but like, but but better impacting the market, right? 
if you look at the five-hour energy idea, mm-hmm. what is actually patentable there? There's not a whole lot. There's, it's basically energy drink in a smaller bottle. They can patent the formula that's in the energy drink, right? Perhaps. Yeah, I, don't know, have, and, I don't know if they have. They don't have to. It, it, but it was, that's exactly the point, right? Like, because even yeah. if someone were to copy exactly what's in the bottle... That's the key the part, point. yeah, exactly. The key I, part I, is getting so it near I'm, the register. I'm, the I'm vaguely recalling, and I'm not going to search it now because I'll get into a whole... I, I vaguely recall some sort of IP fight around the five-hour energy oh, guys, really? but I don't remember what the about details the vitamins were. Or what vitamins go in no, there No, but there was, there was something about that they were... They were targeting a competitor that was trying to do something very similar to them. I, th- I think, and I could be wrong, yeah. so um, maybe we'll save that, <laughs> that yeah. discussion for another time. But, but, you know, but the larger point, right, is that not getting into like, the specifics of the energy drink market. You, you know, this is the way innovation occurs, right? I mean, someone has a good idea, yes, and the good execution. If somebody can execute better and improve on the idea and or the execution then isn't that what we want, right? I mean, it may suck for the original company, but from, you know, society's perspective, right. then the world is better off, right? Because well, you're getting a, a better offering. I mean, I, I guess I'll play devil's advocate Go here. for I it. I mean, so the scenario in which someone, you know, some smaller company or, or you know, guy in a garage has an amazing idea and amazing t- insight for the right timing and just not the resources of a large company and a large company coming by and essentially saying, yeah, that's a good idea. How often does that happen? I don't know. I don't think it happens as often as people think it does. Right. I mean, that's, that's that, you know, the windshield yeah. wiper story with General yeah. Motors. We've, we've rehashed um, that one. I can't actually think of a single one. The windshield wiper guy, didn't that happen to him? <laughs> no, I don't think well, so. there's, yeah, there's more to that Different story. Different takes on it. So you're saying that that's, I mean, we don't know when that happens, right? So Right. And, and it's entirely possible that that happens. And because it's a small guy who gets crushed and we never learn about the story. Yeah. Is that possible? Absolutely. And could this happen? Sure. Does it happen? Probably sometimes. I, 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 it, would be, you know, yeah. it would be ridiculous to argue that that never happens, that a big company doesn't come yeah. along and just you know, crush a smaller company that has a good idea. They're like, yeah, that's awesome. We're, we'll do we, that. We'll Thank do you. that. Yeah. yeah. But how often does that really happen? I mean, I, there's an argument that's made. This is like, you know, if you have a really good idea. But if, I mean, let's start, we, if you want to argue hypotheticals, uh-huh. if it does happen, is that bad? For society, yeah, that's a good question. Right. And, uh, if, if what if the big company if, takes if it. the big company takes so at the end of the day, society gains this the execution and the timing of this amazing idea. The, the person that is hurt feasibly is the, is the small inventor that didn't get justly rewarded for their sure. idea. Well, the way to I think the way to analyze that is to the, is that the, bad? The, yeah. Here's the, here's the, what the negative is for society in that situation. If it diminishes the demand to create other small innovative ideas. But I don't in the think future. it does, which is what maybe it depends how it happens, right? Like if if the prevailing view in society still remains that the small guy can make it, then there's no diminishment of, right. of future idea generation. But if, but However, if, if people just start getting this feeling like, oh the big guy's just gonna come and crush this, then people won't bother. Right. right. And that's certainly um, in in places that don't have sort of market open market economies, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people with great ideas that just don't like, do eh, this stuff. It. Like, there's no way I could do it. These bureaucrats are gonna come and crush me, or like you know this union. Yeah, but but that's but, but those are in those tend to be in yeah, like non open market. You know not exactly right, that's and so right, yeah. it, it, that's not so much an issue of like big company just coming and taking it. You know, that's but no, but but you know in these in these non open markets, it's not mm-hmm. like there isn't these large 
corporate players. Sure. I mean, like you go to France, you have these huge conglomerates with like sure. way more commanding presence in the markets than anybody in the United States has, right? Like this is like a dirty secret that most people don't talk about when you talk about a place like that. It, is that they have these huge conglomerates and they tend to sort of hire all the engineers or all the ro roboticists or whatever. They have these like huge bureaucracies that just yeah, but they don't they don't do innovation well. So like even if exactly. they, no, no. They, if, that's my if point. they come across a good idea, they right. you know, they, they But don't a young Frenchman it. with with a better idea of how to make a graphics processor comes in nineteen ninety two in France actually immigrates and comes here and works right. for NVIDIA, right? Like he doesn't or starts his own company in Montreal right. or something. He doesn't do it. But 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 you see what I mean, right? Like yeah. th that's a situation where like maybe the stealing is happening a little bit too much. Yeah, and and, and but I think, I mean, it is a valid point, but like people do have this fear of, you know, of the big company stealing the little guy's idea. And it, it just, you know, there's, if, if it were really happening that often. So I Googled it on my phone. Th there would be a lot more examples. You Googled what? I Googled um, ideas that big companies have stolen. Oh, excellent. And what, what do you got? <laughs> Fill us in. <laughs> All right. So the, 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 the number 10 idea is the aqueduct. It's a faucet extending device <laughs> for little children. Okay, if I'm this gonna, is the... <laughs> I'm going to scroll through here. And, eh, eh, let's see. Number seven, the dip and squeeze packet, which is uh, a packet of ketchup. Uh, do, you, uh, do you know that one? I, I do. See, yeah, you know, see, you know that fighter. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... But these are not This guy, David Marinsky, originally pitched the idea to Heinz. These are not major innovations. Um, let's see here, Johnny. But if he uh, pitched it to Heinz and then Heinz made it, yeah, uh, Heinz made it. Um, yeah. There was there was. Why did he suit. pitch it to Heinz and not start his? <laughs> oh, but you know what? There was no Kickstarter. Yeah. So oh, now that you mentioned Kickstarter, number four, Pen Type A. Right? Oh yes, Pen. So, well, no. So this this is. Uh, well, we don't have time to get into this because <laughs> the the Pen Type A fight was yeah. this was a big Kickstarter project. Yes. And. Um, can you tell me what the product is first? It's a it's pen. A, it's a pen. Yeah. <laughs> Type it's A. It's a beautiful <laughs> pen that was like machined and I have one of them. Well, it's a, metal, it's a metal pen. It's a metal, it's a metal pen, pen. But it's the short story, what basically that the, the, the manufacturer that they contracted with kind of stole the idea and just started making it, right? Sort of? Okay, that's, that is the, the, the basic story. Yeah. Um, the manufacturer who I wrote about that story, the manufacturer then spent many months talking to me about it and oh, they emailing did. me about it and so is there giving another, a, side? An, another side to that story, which I don't fully buy, mm -hmm. but because there were some things in it that were definitely sleazy. Mm -hmm. um, but, but to go back to the, the overall point of like the value of actually being able to execute and, and do things better, the, the manufacturer ended up producing their own kind of pen that looked very similar, but had significant differences, and right. they claim was much better for certain things and was marketed in a very different way to a very different audience and was not a type yeah. A, you know, and had all of these things. Um, you know, and so, again, there, there is more to that story than, it, it, you know, it, it, it's very, very convoluted and complex. Um, yeah. But it's not as simple as just like, oh, the big guy came and yeah, stole and the I, idea. Yeah, and I think that maybe, maybe your point is valid from, if this is the list of the 10 biggest things. If this biggest, is the, the biggest thing, yeah. The number one thing here is Disney, which, we can, which is probably a different subject. They, Disney? They, Disney yeah, idea? Yeah, they're, they're saying that a lot of their story ideas were... Oh, oh stories sure. from... from uh, yeah, but that's, that's different, right? That's not, we're not talking about innovations there, right? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so I think that 
that says something, right? That you can't. Windshield wiper guy didn't even make it in the list. <laughs> yeah, well, even though there was a Disney movie made about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it doesn't have. I mean, the argument that people say is like, if you have a really good pe- idea, people love like, the underdog. You know, it sure. feels it feels like the David and Goliath story, etc. I think. But it it just doesn't happen. That it makes often. makes for good good stories, though. Yeah, that's why Disney made a movie out of it. <laughs> All right, so let, let's let's sort of round up the the final thoughts on copying, good or bad. <laughs> I mean, copying <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't it doesn't matter? I mean, innovation, right? Like, yeah. is probably what you want to call it if you're copying someone else's idea. Sure. Or I wouldn't say that. Same broadly, but same yeah. idea with different insights, right? And because of course, you know, success is not just the idea itself. There's right. There's timing. There's execution. There's marketing, if you want to call it. There, there's a, a whole suite of different factors that have to come into play before you end up with a successful company. I think my thoughts are in it are something that I've, I've gone over before in sort of the, our, our, our patent podcast, which is that, you know... We have new listeners. So. Yeah, we, okay, we have new listeners. So <laughs> but if, if you haven't heard the patent ones, go back and listen to them. <laughs> exactly. But basically, my point around this is always that, you know... Uh, in general, being ha- allowing liberal copying is good for society because um, trying to police and prevent the quote-unquote bad copying, like the, you know the few instances that you had on your top ten list there, Dennis, trying to stop those uh, is sometimes such a burden on society that that you have uh, way more costs than you're going to get out of out of preventing the copying. Because at the end of the day, the downside of allowing too much copying is only the fact that there might be some innovation on the back end that uh, doesn't occur because someone right. might be discouraged. But but it just seems to be that people are innovating at such a high pace and you're, that... And that, 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 that desire to innovate is, yeah. is, is still it's, there. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and if you look at the reasons why most people innovate, it tends to be because of a, a need that they exactly. feel that they have. And so... Yeah. 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 So, so really, if you look at it from sort of a utilitarian, sort of society's benefit point of view, there's very few um, uh, reasons to sort of restrict broadly and 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 strongly restrict kind of copying, you know, to the extent that we have it with our really over restrictive, you know, patent system and copying yeah. system. So. And and obviously, I think I agree with that. And I, but again, I think that there has to be this recognition that this this sort of, you know, and I understand that the gut emotional reaction to like copying feels unfair and that visceral reaction i i totally get that you know and i feel it too when i when i see things like that and i have that emotional response but i think if you think beyond that and the logical response and, and how often that really happens and and how much you know how often the copying really is just the superficial aspects which don't matter nearly as much in the long run as everything else including the execution understanding the market and, and all of the little things that we can't see and we can't even name if we're looking at an example of it, but are really important. Um, you know, I, I just think people overreact. And I think, I think there needs to be some sort of effort to, at a societal level, to, to become more comfortable with the fact that this is actually good for society and not a bad thing. And you have to remember also, Mike's talking about this and he runs Tech Dirt, and there's been many instances of people basically just copying stories off of Tech Dirt and rewriting them. And, sure. he, and he hasn't really come and out to say, we need to pass a law to prevent people from <laughs> rewriting stories or anything. You know? so, well, and of course, we write, rewrite other people's yeah, stories exactly, as well. Right? Exactly. I mean, it's part of the, the way this works. And so, you know, it's. This is this is the way you know. This is the way innovation actually happens. Um, you know, part of it is building on the works of others, and 
and making that more difficult i think is 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 foolish because you know the 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 real horror stories of the of the copying is is are very few and far between and so that's that's my thoughts on that if you disagree go ahead and copy us with your own damn podcast <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> thanks thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back next week with some other wonderful topic to argue about 